Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Keys 107 on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host tonight. Sit back and get ready. We got a hot show for you. The healthy tip of the day is up next. happening in the universe today that are just bringing us together, but we are, we're live. We got Kitty on the line. We had a little technical difficulty getting started, so we're going to skip through the healthy tip of the day and just jump right into our conversation. And we come back next Thursday, uh, Chef Kiti Awadu has agreed that he's going to be doing our healthy tip of the day. So we're going to look forward to that, uh, Kiti, and I'm going to give you a brief introduction, but I know that you can only do it better than anybody else in the whole wide world. So just give me a quick moment to introduce you. Um, We are going to highlight the physical health key today for self-improvement in the pursuit of opening doors to endless possibilities. And our guest is organic horticulturist, award-winning vegan and vegetarian cuisine, Chef Kiti Awadu. He comes to us live from Las Vegas, Nevada, to provide you and me with a guide to improved health. Kitty Awadu is the son of chemist George Howard, has multi-year lab experience working with reproductive cyrogenics, and is a journalist and musician. His four stages of healing focuses on his four stages. His four stages of healing focuses on removing the underlying cause of pathogenesis, the disorders which cause disease, relief from the symptoms of disease, and feeling the energy within. And the fourth stage will be rejuvenation. So before we begin, here's the call-in number. Two one three nine four three three six one eight and hit the number one key if you want to talk. And Kitty, welcome to the Keys one oh seven. I want to say much greetings to you, my beloved sister, sister Rafika. What a joy it is to be with you. We're gonna have a great time today. Well, you know, well, Kitty, um, um one of the things that the I things wanna mention first and foremost is that I noticed that you do talk about the seven keys to optimum health. The breath, the hydration, the the um the nutrition, the exercise, the rest, the detoxing and the fasting and the psycho spiritual actualization. Whoa. Mhm. Yeah, these seven keys <clears throat> many of us have really advanced in one or two or three or more of them. But I want to focus everybody on the totality. We begin with the breath because obviously the breath is the one that we can live and thrive the shortest period of time without. And also the breath is something that we can master and bring forward as a tool during any, almost virtually any type of encounter that we would have that can be a great advantage to us. And so these seven keys to health, we're always going to be talking about them. I'm sure they will all come up in today's dialogue 
And as you can tell, um, the last chapter, the seventh chapter of my most recent book, which was entitled Off the Weight, 30 Days to a Brand New You, I am really excited about that last chapter. I think with the four stages of healing, we hit something that can really lead people forward. Well, let's just get well, right into right it. In. But before, um, if it's all right if with you, before we go to part two, I want to go to part one. Part one is just giving our audience some background on you. Basically, I was wondering when I was looking through the Internet about you and reading the information you provided for us and to do our research, I was wondering what were the steps that led to you, live, to you writing and living the superfoods? You know, for most of my life, actually, since I was about 27 years old, so this would be more than half of my life, I have been a vegetarian. And then, of course, all right, maybe I should say I used to be a vegetarian. Most of the time when people make that statement, I used to be a vegetarian, they go backwards. But, in fact, <laughs> I became somewhat unsatisfied with my vegetarian status, so I kept going forward, doing more and more research and finding out more. So I became a vegan. I was vegan for over 16 years or so. And during the course of that, for many, many years, I grew my own food. In fact, I was trained to grow food at a very, very young age, as my family um, were homesteaders in a neighborhood of 21 black families who left the city, bought their own rural properties, built their own homes, and grew their own food and did a lot of self-sufficiency. So, therefore, adding being an organic uh, food producer to being a vegan made it even better. I learned about fasting and detoxing and have engaged in quarterly fasting every three months for the last nine years or so, fast like Katie, are you there? And just absolutely loving it. So we keep combining these along with writing so many books. You know, I'm just about to publish uh, books number 27 and 28 in the very near future. And uh, it just keeps leading us forward. They say knowledge and information is power, but practically applied, then we really do get to know what this power is all about. So what a lot of what a living what is living and eating superfoods yeah you know in my one of my new upcoming books um living superfood research we talk about a hierarchy of eating styles and i've identified 11 different eating styles the worst of the worst is of course junk food then there's fast food third from the bottom is the standard american diet some people modify that so number 4 the modified sad then comes vegetarian vegan then comes um, raw, or what's called the 80-20 vegan, where 80% of the food that they eat is raw. Now, this whole classification of raw food is something we should take very, very seriously. But beyond raw food, we can look towards living food. And in living food, this is where the food is fresh. It's not been frozen, obviously not canned. Um, but the food has actually got living, it's a living organism. Sometimes I like to go out in my garden, I'll wash off some leaves from mustard greens or collard greens or kale, just wash it off and eat it right there on the spot. That preserves 100% of the energy as well as the vitamins and minerals of those organic foods we're growing. Now, if I took those same collard greens, brought them in the house, left them in the refrigerator for a few days or so, they're still going to be very, very good, but they're not going to be 100%. If I blanch those collard greens so they're slightly cooked, but still green and, and crispy, I've deactivated the enzymes 
and the food can never be any greater than about a 60 to a 70 on its ability to deliver the life-giving nutrition. So when we're talking about living foods, live foods, we're talking about foods that are active, that are enzymes, enzymes that have not been deactivated by heating them up, and foods that are full of nutrition, and believe it or not, we're finding now we can eat on about one-third the caloric food intake of most people, but with living foods, we still get 110% of the energy that we want for our food. You talked about the standard American diet, SAD, and one thing that I want to emphasize and stress to our listening audience is that that is not living food. You know, the fast food is not living food. Yeah, you know they often we often hear this phrase you are what you eat. Well, for far too many people, especially under the standard American diet, there means they're they're to a great extent dead meat, pun intended. And when we look at the standard American diet, for one, it's grossly expensive, even though some people think that eating raw, vegan, or organic itself is expensive. I myself am a living example. Not only is it not expensive, but we can do it for less than what people are spending on the standard American diet, the SAD diet, as well as we virtually cut almost down to zero health care expenses, which are averaging in the United States $9,450 per person, including the babies. And uh, quite simply, that's $181 a week. I would prefer to keep in my own household budget. So the idea of the standard American diet the most expensive health care system to go along with it in the world is producing epidemics of chronic diseases that are now so bad that they're reaching every 10 years into younger and younger populations. My sister Rafika, right now we're looking at ch- children leading cause of cancer of death for children outside of trauma or accident is cancer. And we're looking at rates of obesity now in preschool children of 14% and apparently rising so rapidly that every 10 years they increase by about double. Mm. That's alarming to hear those numbers of children dying from cancer. Yeah, dying from cancer. We're, you know, used to be diabetes. If we look back at about 60 years or so in the medical literature, diabetes was referred to as quote-unquote senile diabetes meaning it was a disease that was associated with advanced aging. Then later, you saw adult-onset diabetes. Later, we saw another one, or they called that type 2 diabetes, adult-onset. Later, they started talking about multiple-onset diabetes of the youth when it was starting to get into teenage population. Nowadays, they're talking about gestational diabetes. We're doing a pregnancy, a woman gets diabetes, and, of course, we do know that every dis-ease disorder that affects a woman's system while she's pregnant is also a dis-ease disorder that she's carrying along with her unborn child. This is absolutely, undeniably unacceptable, so therefore we have educated ourselves beyond this. Sister Rafika, the beautiful thing is, is that using the proper nutrition, exercise, lifestyle modifications, all in combination of that, the seven principles of health we earlier talked about, that we do know that diabetes, not only adult onset or childhood diabetes, but also type 1 diabetes, is reversible. And we now have evidence that this is reversible in as little as one month. Now, you, you mentioned the word reversible, and that brings me to my next 
area that I want to talk to you about is that you, I, I heard on your one of your YouTube promos that uh, you talked about or you, you suggested that we imagine that we can divide our current age in half and then imagine what we felt like. I was right with you. <laughs> uh, we felt like we were that age. And imagine if we can go back. Is it really possible, Katie, to go back? You know, on the back cover of my Living Superfood Recipes book, I asked a series of what-if questions. We do know about the, the search for the mythical fountain of youth. And um, I contend that with Living Superfood, we have found the fountain of youth. And it's not a mythology. It's real. It's verifiable. It's provable. The thing about it is we have to understand we were born into bodies that are the finest known machine known that we know of here on this planet. This body is self-repairing. This body is self-rejuvenating, self-monitoring. only requires 10% of our conscious attention to be able to maintain. Of course, that conscious attention does include how we treat the body, how we detoxify it, how we clean it, and how we also provide nutrient and nutrients, the fuel for this machine. But the body can fix itself. All of the body systems fix themselves. In the last 60 seconds, as you and I have been speaking, your body, along with mine, manufactured 300 million new cells. And each of those new cells can be created actually better than the cells it replaced through a process we know as reverse transcriptase, RNA production. This is how the body adjusts to environments, corrects those environments, and writes new cellular material with the correction in it. So I am trying my best, my beloved sister, to be a living example. I celebrated my 57th birthday in uh, September, which would put me at over 58 years now because I contend that the time in the womb has to be counted as our actual living experience. And let me tell you, I weigh today what I weighed when I was in my mid or in my mid-20s, I should say. I have no diseases, disorders. I have not been to a doctor unless un- involuntarily. I was hit by a car a few months ago. And I uh, had to, you know, spend quite a bit of time recovering from that. But other than that, I didn't even spend the night in the emergency room or at the hospital. I said, get me out of here. Let me get home and start my healing. I don't do dentists. No broken bones out of 19 injuries of getting hit by a car. No broken bones. Very rapid healing. This is what our body does when it's in the absolute prime of its rejuvenation. And so I want everybody to know. So I say to people very firmly, take your current age, cut it in half. Then imagine how you looked, how you felt, what you weighed, how your body performed, your sense of invincibility at that age. We can go back to it, but we cannot do that using the junk food, fast food, standard American diet style of living. And I'm even cautioning many of my vegan, vegetarian friends, they're still making a lot of the same mistakes that are being made in the sad diet. Mm. Well, I want to move into, we're still in part one for our listening audience, and those of you that want to call in and speak directly to uh, Chef Katie Owadu, the number is area code 213-943-3618. That's area code 213-943-3618, and press the number one on your keypad so that we know you want to talk, and otherwise we're going to keep moving forward. And the next segment deals with fasting and detoxing. 
Mm. Tell us what the benefits of it are, and 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 they and just give us like a, an explanation of. Some people will say I'm detoxing, mm-hmm. and they're okay. fasting. Mm-hmm. The two can be combined. They are actually separate, but when combined, wow, what a powerful tool to add to our lives. Um, let's begin with detoxification. What we have not come to realize or come to appreciate fully is the myriad of ways on a daily basis, especially those living in urban situations, find ourselves encountering little poisons all day long. Many of the people volunteer for these little poisonings all day long. Every time we eat processed food that contains these long-chain chemicals masquerading as food, words that we can't even pronounce when we turn the package over, those are little poisonings. Every time we use um, cosmetics, um, liquid laundry detergent and dishwashing liquid, things that that contain these monophenols, biphenols, polyphenols, these, these chemistries, that disrupt our endocrine system, we're getting little poisonings. Every time we take a a shower or a bath in water that contains monofluorophosphate or chlorine, we're getting little poisonings. Every time we engage in these type of behaviors, these small poisonings for which the body is resilient and pretty corrective, eventually there's too many of them. And so the body on a daily basis can't get it corrected. This is why I have developed a technique and a habit of an eight-stage detoxification fast. And I do this four times a year, first day of spring, first day of summer, first day of autumn, first day of winter. I know when these holidays are coming up. And in honoring of our ancient Kemetan, ancient Egyptian ancestors who commemorated these crossings as very sacred days, we take them now as sacred days and we engage in body detoxification and purification fast. I started doing this about eight or nine, ten years ago. I learned a lot of lessons along the way of things not to do. And now that we've gotten this routine down, I systemically go through my body, cleaning out my colon and intestinal tract first, cleaning out the parasites after that. Um, Two times a year, I go deep into my system, and using the olive oil cleanse, I flush out this sticky black tar has glued itself to the inside of my intestinal tract along with flushing out the gallbladder and the liver where stones will form in, 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 in time periods that would surprise most of us. Many people have never done this. The first time I did a gallbladder flush, I saw these pecan-sized emerald green balls come out of my body, and I was absolutely shocked at what had been in there. The next times I do these flushes, I still see these little emerald green balls come out, but they're very, very small and not nearly so hard. This would have formed into gallstones. A lot of people go through very painful gallstone surgery not knowing if they just learn to detoxify their body periodically, they could avoid this and so many other problems. So is it inevitable that these um, pecan-sized green, what are they called? Uh, these are hardened the cholesterol. Yeah, these now, gallstones. How, how are they formed? They are formed as the body is constantly responding to fat intake. And what we don't realize, especially with the standard American diet, where people are eating uh, as much as 30 or 40% of the fat intake is coming from animal products, is that these animal products are a type of fat called low-density lipoprotein, or the bad cholesterol. 
And if this bad cholesterol, it sticks all throughout our bodies. It clogs up our arteries. It forms around our bellies. Uh, it could be blubber, which is subcutaneous fat, meaning fat outside the muscle wall. Or it can form inside the muscle wall, which is called visceral fat or abdominal obesity, putting a tremendous amount of pressure on our internal organs. But also it, it forms inside the liver. It can form inside the gallbladder, etc. So this excess cholesterol, this LDL, keeps piling up and piling up, and the body just cannot seem to get rid of it, so it starts storing it in all these places. If it forms inside the gallbladder and hardens into these balls, eventually these stones get so big that they attempt to get out of the body, forming these incredibly painful gallstones that people who have ever gone through gallstones, they know it's, just, it's very, very painful. So people are going to have to understand preventative health care is the way to go. We know now, and I've tried to document this in my series of books on living superfood and the research that goes along with it, we know now cardiovascular disease, 97% preventable. Uh, cancer, at least 90 to 95% preventable. Diabetes, not only preventable but reversible. We're looking at... 97% of all of the chronic diseases that are associated with aging and that are speeding up people's demise on this planet and cutting short their life expectancy by, by about half at this point, we do know that using the seven principles of optimal health, we can prevent these. And now we're starting to convince people more and more they need to look at life expectancies of 100 to 120 years again. Mm. You know, just the knowledge that you can have these gallstones stored in your gallbladder should be enough to frighten people because by the time you feel it, it's it's very in the late stages. Is that correct? You are 100% correct. And you point out a very, very important point, is that we've been trained within this culture to not think about what's over the horizon, what's down the road. So many people, I was talking to a, a good brother, and a, a real good brother recently, but he's been having very serious health problems associated with people a generation or two ago, associated with the elderly people, but he's been having them now since his 40s. And uh, he was supposed to have a consultation with me recently. We were going to go over some of his habits, et cetera, and he put it off for a week or so. And I asked him, what have you eaten? I talked to him very recently. What have you eaten within the last 24 hours? And he described it. And uh, I knew it, even though I asked him. I, I knew the outcome of the answer. And I said, well, how did you feel after having this barbecue dinner and soda? He told me, wash it down with soda, et cetera. He said, I felt horrible. I had terrible migraine headaches as a consequence. And he said, uh, I guess you knew that already. I said, I knew the answer, but I wanted to hear you confess to it. So we're going to have to realize we've been trained in this culture to be, in many ways, our own worst health care enemy. Who trained us to do that? The very same people who are profiting off of every body, every man, woman, and child, 315 million people in the United States, to the tune of $9,450 per person. That's over $3 trillion a year. My beloved, they don't deserve your money. They don't deserve my money. Wow. You know, we have a few more minutes before we go to a, a brief break. 
But what are some of the what are some of the things that a person should know before they begin to fast or before they begin to detox? Is it wise to just get up in the morning and say, "Today I'm going to fast"? Mm, great question. Among the most important things to know is one: most of the people within this society are chronically dehydrated. Like planet Earth, our bodies are seventy to seventy-five percent water. If planet Earth were missing 10 or 15% of its surface water, the entire planet would be in an extreme crisis and we'd be losing species that are, would be related to proper hydration of planet Earth. Well, the same is true of our body. We're 50 trillion cells. And the more we are dehydrated, the more our 50 trillion cells are stressed to the point that we're killing off some of them. So number one, we have to understand the the value of the breath, the value of water. And when one is doing a detoxification fast, you have to drink lots and lots and lots of water, especially if your body starts burning fat. Because when you start burning your fat, it's going to release a lot of stored up, built up poisons and toxins, pesticides and other residues that did were being stored in the fat. Now they're going to come loose and they're going to be in the blood. And many people, when they start fasting, they feel even worse. Another very important point about fasting is sometimes we can have hypoglycemia, which is extremely low blood sugar. And this can cause a fainting episode. And uh, most people don't want to be in the middle of some important task while they're getting into one of these low blood sugar fainting episodes. I've had it happen to me a number of times, and I would definitely caution other people not to go through it. Last point I'll make about this fasting and detoxing is that there are these walls for us to go through. Many people have a hard time getting past the 48-hour to 72-hour wall when their body starts to shift into these other modes and starts burning its fat and they feel lousy and crappy. But if you do get past it, you get into these zones. And the higher the zones you get in, the more magical and magnificent you feel about being in your own body. Well, I like that description that you just gave about um, getting getting through the walls mm-hmm. because that that's what it's like. And as you say, if you can just get past that yeah. that first was it seventy two hours, forty eight hours, right. mm-hmm. you're, you're good to go. Well, uh, Katie, we're going to break uh, for a few oh. minutes, and we're going to come back. We're going to jump into part two where we talk about the four stages of healing. Oh, wonderful! So, what a great conversation we're having. Yes, so yeah. let's just. You know, look forward to no technical difficulties. <laughs> we got past that. Let's and keep on going. That's it. <laughs> to present the final call. The final call is the country's unique leading source for news. Founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, the final call follows in the tradition of Muhammad Speaks with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the Nation of Islam. Founded in the 1930s as the final call to Islam, the newspaper evolved into Muhammad Speaks in the 1960s and boasted a circulation of 900,000 a week with monthly circulation of 2.5 million. Today, the Final Call newspaper serves a readership of diverse economic and educational backgrounds, including circulation in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. Read the Final Call newspaper. You can find one of the beautifully bow-tied representatives in your community or read finalcall.com. 
This portion of the keys was brought to us by Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. Your hostess, Sister Rafika Muhammad. Well, Katie, I told you that was going to be a short break. Um, I'm grateful for no technical difficulties. <laughs> and the call-in number today is 213-943-3618. That's 213-943-3618. And we have quite a few listeners out there. We just need you to press the number one on your keypad if you have a direct question to Chef Katie Owadu. So I'm feeling pretty good right now. Chef Katie Owadu, I thank you for your time. What a joy it is to be with you. You're doing a superb job. So technical difficulties cannot stop a goddess when she's got her mind accomplished or when she's got her mind committed to doing what goddesses have traditionally always done. Well, with that, I I feel very confident moving into part two with you. We talk about the four stages of healing. Let's break it down. Let's start with one, removing the underlying causes of pathogenesis. Yeah, pathogenesis. Yeah, pathos is a Greek word. It means injury or hurt. Uh, and, and genesis is another word which means cr- creation, both of Greek origin, realizing, of course, much of this comes from the African continent, but it was the Greeks who were the first to start translating old languages into the languages that you and I are using now. So we can appreciate them for that. And then we take what we had before that and claim it using whatever language we have. Pathogenesis, the creation of injury when we talk about the way this body is designed to be self-healing self-maintaining and rejuvenating we have to understand that all dis-ease dis-ease and disorders virtually all of them unless they're caused by traumatic injury they are nearly all caused by the conditions of malnutrition and over toxification that's it it's real real simple even the colds and the flus to everything, to cardiovascular disease and pulmonary disease to cancer, etc. The, the genesis of the overwhelming majority of this is malnutrition and over-toxification. So therefore, if we understand that all diseases are related to those two causes and that those two causes are controllable by us, then we're going to have a process of serving the elements for it to have proper nutrition, it needs all eight of them. It needs them in balanced fashion, and it needs them in fashion where the nutrients are accessible for absorption for the body. So number one, we correct the nutrition. That's why I love this idea of living superfood because it is designed to do exactly that. And two, we correct the buildup of these toxins over long periods of time by engaging in daily as well as periodic detoxification. We can eat foods every day that are detoxifying, foods such as aloe vera, such as flax seeds, foods such as high-fiber diets, lots of water. These are undeniably detoxifying um, foods, and we can consume those every day, all day long. 
as well as the periodic fasting that we were describing earlier. So um, by attacking and successfully managing these two fundamentals, nutrition and detoxification, we have erased the foundation of at least 97%. That's rather simple, but it's really difficult because we've been so deeply mentally and psychologically programmed a certain way that keeps us disproportionately within the camp of diseases and disorders for which a medical pharmaceutical drug complex readily steps in and said, don't worry, we have chemicals to suppress the symptoms. You still have the underlying disease and the underlying foundation of the disease, but you just won't know about it because with the drugs, they suppress the symptoms. Your body can no longer talk to you about what it wants you to know so you can correct these issues. Like the old like the joke on, on one of the shows I used to come on TV on the on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. You got problems? Take a pill. Yeah, you got problems? Take a pill. People have to understand this take a pill culture. Again, I'm going to reemphasize this point because this is a bit of a shock to a lot of people. When you have symptoms of a disorder or disease, it is merely your body communicating to you. Now, when we get in this lifestyle and we stay in it a long time, you get very subtle communication. It's like if you and I are in a relationship and I'm attempting to communicate to you that there's issues that we have to work on to correct and you don't hear it, then eventually my method of communicating to you gets louder and more obnoxious. Those are symptoms. And when a person's really in tune with their body and really in a refined lifestyle, you get the communication on a very subtle level. Nowadays, my body talks to me in such a refined, subtle attitude that if I eat something that's out of order for me, I'll know within five minutes because I'll start sniffling. And because I never sniffle, I'll know when I start sniffling, I've done something of recent that the body doesn't like, and all I have to do then is just go to detoxification strategies, and within an hour, the sniffling is gone. Well, you talk in, you in um, Chapter 7 of your, of your Off the Weight, 30 Days to a New You, you talk about the deficiencies. You talk about the vitamin, the protein, the mineral, and the amino acid deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we oh, break down yeah. these eight, eight essential nutrients. I, I kind of built out those four. There were four more, which will be built out in a much larger book to come out, including the essential fatty acids, hydration, which is, of course, water, enzymes, and dietary fiber. But if we just look at just one of these eight categories, I do a breakdown on the vitamin deficiencies and what they can be linked to. Vitamin deficiencies will show up in the following pathological symptoms, poor vision, skin rashes, eczema, slow wound healing, nerve damage, cognitive dysfunction, soft bones, tooth loss, malabsorption of fats or lipid. Body blood clotting problems, scurvy, arthritis, weakened immune system, poor appetite, gastric upset, mental depression, inflammation, sores in the mouth, anemia, diarrhea, dementia, convulsions, tumor growth, psychiatric disorders, hair loss, and even more. That's just one class of the eight classes. And as you can see, when we break down with minerals similarly, I just listed what the deficiencies of one mineral alone and that's magnesium would cause. Magnesium we're going to get from eating our greens and chlorophyll. And if you look at the disorders that following just from magnesium shortages, you can see just in the vitamins and the minerals 
we virtually identify nearly all of the diseases. So let's let's go all all the way in, and I'm going to come back to this before we get out because while I was reading before we get out before we finish, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was reading this, I immediately came to my mind is well, if you're on the path of restoration to the body and you know that these are targeted deficiencies. You can't just start eating anything and everything to try to replenish. You have to know what path to go on to get to restore. Yeah, what foods are good foods, what foods are not good foods. Um, later in the larger book, we'll start to get, we get even more refined in things. Um, why, of course, many of us know that all meats are so contaminated. Plus, the human body is not even fundamentally designed to consume meats. We don't. We're not meat-eating animals. We don't have the characteristics of meeting eating animals. So we even if the meat is organic, we can still see it's absolutely problematic for us to continue to eat it. Um, but beyond getting beyond eating meats, we have to look at some much more subtle details of things, such as pasta and refined wheat products. I don't mess around with pasta at all. You know, people mm. love and as soul food grew up in this country, and I was as guilty as many of the others of loving <laughs> macaroni and cheese. I would not say it. <laughs> macaroni and cheese is a combination of glue from two different food sources. Glue mm. from the casein, which is in the milk. That's what they make Elmer's glue from, the same casein which comes from the milk. is used to make the glue. So glue is in the milk, which makes up the cheese, and the glue is also in the pasta. We used to make paste when I was a child out of white flour. And pasta, when you buy it, it's glue. It's solid. It's hard. You add water to it, and it loosens up. But once you put it in your stomach, your body then extracts the water back out of it, and it turns back into glue, which unfortunately... Realize that the macaroni and cheese, those pasta, can stay inside your intestines for 10, 20, and more years. Can you repeat that? It's it's unbelievable, but this glue, this pasta, Mm. can stay inside your intestines for decades. And um, if a person doesn't believe me, go get a round of colon hydrotherapy. Just one or two or three rounds, and you will find stuff coming out of you that you didn't know was in you for years. Or if they really want to have fun, do the olive oil flush where you drink about 12 strong herbal laxative, and when that thing goes through you, and it's got to go through you for it to be effectively, the olive oil is a solvent, and it will dissolve something that's been inside you for so long that when it comes out, it will literally stick to the walls of the toilet. As shocking as it may sound, that's what we've been carrying around in, in within us. And you then understand, once these things get out of you, it lightens up your body, it cleans out your absorption from your intestinal tract, and you will feel literally 10 years younger after going through a round of good, solid, effective colon cleansing. And so... Um, we do realize we're going to erase these foundations, but for me, for me, I don't eat glue anymore. <laughs> well, you know what? When you were talking, I was remembering when I was a child in school, and we used to make the paste. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I can think about when you were talking about making the glue, and then macaroni is glue. That's right. All these pastas and then, and are glue. And you know what? 
just to add to the visual and even the memory for a bunch of us out there, if you overcook the pasta, it gets gluey. It goes back in. What happens when your intestinal tract once again removes the water from it? At least we should for not know that 90% of the water circulating in our body is recovered from the intestinal tract. Even as the food is getting ready to be eliminated, we're still taking nutrients from that. So we've got to be very, very careful. This is no one, another one of the great benefits of eating living food is that the living food passes through us much quicker. You've got some people out here, especially people who eat a lot of glue and meat and other foods that stick, stick in us, people who don't eliminate um, more than twice a week or sometimes up to two weeks. That is a pathologically dangerous, toxic situation. But on living superfood, you eliminate in about 12 hours, sometimes even less than that, because the food is so alive, it's so full of hydration and fiber that the food moves through you rather quickly, and it's not at all unpleasant, not at all unmanageable. And it moves through you so quickly because your body knows, hey, I'm going to be eating some more of this magnificent food in another couple of hours. So let me go ahead and clear out the old and make way for the room, for the, for the new. And it is for just so fantastic. And we don't have to walk around with bloated intestines. You know, John Wayne at death had 70 pounds of material impacting his intestines. Elvis Presley had over 30 pounds. A lot of you people you see, a lot of our people we see walking around with big bloated abdominal sections, they probably have 20, 30, 40 pounds of stuff that I'm not even going to pronounce the word on the program. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so now for the for stage one, which is the, the removing the underlying cause of the pathogenesis, mm-hmm. the disorders which cause the disease, the two points that you just hit are to correct the nutrition and to detoxify. Yeah, that's right. That's rather okay, simple. Okay. It's complex and simple at the same time. Yes, 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 yes. So let's move into stage two, relief from the symptoms of the disease. That's right. Once we've done these corrections and maintained this over a period of lifetime, staying in this lifestyle, then we get a chance to remove the symptoms of disease. So once the underlying foundation of disease is gone, then there's no need for our bodies to talk to us anymore in these disease symptoms. So the symptoms themselves just disappear on themselves. Sometimes they surprise people. Before I went raw, I had been a vegan for many, many years, but I was still making a lot of mistakes. I was. And, but when I went raw, I had noticed that one of the things, as a vegan, I had this pain in my left shoulder, and it lasted for over a year. I'd wake up in the morning, and sometimes it would take me five, ten minutes to get my left arm in the game. I'd have to start working by massaging the joint and then holding the arm and moving it until I finally got in the game. But I didn't even notice it. But when I went raw, one day I realized, wait a minute, this pain in my left arm is gone, and I don't even remember when it went away. But I know it was within weeks of having gone completely raw with my nutrition. And this is what we find. These subtle symptoms that the body was telling me, you have the on-go, you have internal inflammation, Chef Keedy. 
That was what the pain in my joint was. That's what rheumatoid arthritis is. That's why a lot of people are carrying around 10, 20 pounds or so of mucus in their body. I'll give you one other example that I saw in my own body that most people don't realize. I used to love bread. Get the good, high-quality bread. I would buy a one-pound loaf of bread, and I would gain five pounds that week. Now, how can you eat most of one pound of loaf of bread and gain five pounds? What is the extra weight? It was mucus. Where does the mucus come from? From internal inflammation. What my body was telling me is you are allergic to the sweet the way that it's processed. So when I stop eating bread, and it it wasn't just the wheat, it was the carcinogenic acrylamide, which was the crust on the bread. The crust is actually cancer-causing. It's called Mm. acrylic amide, acrylamide. And so my body was having a reaction to that also. And so when I quit eating cooked bread, and now I do raw bread, living bread, but when I quit eating cooked bread, my weight went down, stayed down. In fact, I dropped um, 26 pounds the first month that I went raw. 26 pounds? My late late 20s weight of 150, now my weight is consistently about 145 pounds, and I love it, love it, love it. So... Many people don't realize just by cutting out wheat, especially can in, cut this internal inflammation, seeing rheumatoid arthritis and other symptoms disappear. Gout can disappear almost overnight. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to move into number three now? That were built on the foundation of these two underlying problems. These symptoms have now disappeared. We're living symptom-free And now this energy that our body was using, battling these symptoms and fighting to correct these underlying foundational problems, now this energy is freed up. And so when we sleep at night, now we're in stage three. When we sleep at night, our body knocks us out. The pineal gland secretes a a hormone called melatonin to work in the rhythm of the sun. And we are sun people. We have to always remember that. To put us into a light trance. Some people in a heavy trance. The heavier the trance, the more your body's trying to fix all the damage you did either in the previous day or the accumulated damage that it couldn't fix in the overnight process. Well, now our body can fix everything that was damaged during the previous day and can put us on track. Many of us see two hours less sleep once we've gotten into this raw food, living food lifestyle, I can now sleep four to six hours maximum and get my complete recovery and rejuvenation, wake up in the morning, don't have to reach for the coffee, wake up in the morning, raring to go. What do we do? We reach for the water. That's all we need to get the body back in motion is just give it the water that evaporated while we were sleeping, and we're back on track. So stage three is, what am I going to do with all this extra energy I got? We sleep less. We're more creative. Our intuition and clairvoyance senses come back on because we're not five senses creatures. We are seven senses creatures, but we've been dumbed down by the toxic environment of living under the influence of Western civilization. And now we have intuition back. Now we have clairvoyance back. Now we can start to create and imagine in ways that we couldn't even believe were possible. This is one of the things I have a hard time communicating to people is that you don't even know who you are because you're in this toxic condition. Come back Mm -hmm. to your purity and be free to be you again. 
Mm. How did we build those pyramids? How did we do all these great accomplishments? How did we map out the heavens? How did we map the human body? It's because we knew something that we don't know now because we're dumbed down in this nation of autism, as I call America. Wow. You know, it, it hit home when you said, you don't even know who you are. You're walking You're around with all now? The stuff inside of you, or we are walking around with all the stuff inside of us, thinking that we're eating healthy, but all the stuff is backed up from God knows how long. That's right. So I guess it must be a very terrifying first when you do the olive oil flush. That must be terrifying the first time. Oh, the first time you do it, it's horrible. Drinking that much olive oil just tastes absolutely horrible. You're, you immediately want to regurgitate it, which is why you have to suck on citrus juice or lemon or grapefruit or something to, to quell the nausea because your body rejects it. Mm. But in rejecting it, if it's not going to come back in the, in the form of regurgitation, then your body says, well, I'm going to push it through its diarrhea, which is the intention here. It does push it through its diarrhea. The beauty about it is, is that the olive oil is a solvent. Most people don't know if you have plastic kitchen appliances, you can make them look brand new again by rubbing, rubbing, rubbing them with olive oil and polishing. They look brand new again. This is what happens to your intestines also. And it's a very unpleasant. The next day afterwards, when your weight is going down by three to five pounds, you feel 10 years younger. It makes you want to do it again. And the second time you do it, taking the olive oil is easier. For me right now, I've done it at least 20 times or more. I can drink a half a cup, or I can drink a cup or more of olive oil with no problem at all. I have to just watch myself now because I've done it so many times that a couple of times my body actually digested the entire glass of olive oil. Now I have to watch my body, and if it doesn't pass through quickly, I have to chase it down with prune juice, and it pushes that olive oil right through me. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so now, now we're in stage three. The people have got to realize, if they can imagine, what if your available energy increased by 25%? What are you going to do with all that energy? So it imagines a whole new way of living. One of the things we do, we're building these Kujijagalia villages. So we went, we did a week-long retreat in Virginia. And we were building campgrounds and building compost bins and all this hard physical labor. Out there was chainsaws, et cetera. And I kept forgetting that other people were not on a living superfood lifestyle. And in the middle of the day, they get tired and they want to go in the house and rest and eat. In the morning, I would wake up, I would eat one apple, one orange, and drink water and forget that other people can't work for eight or ten hours straight without taking a break. Even though I had seen Dr. Paul Goss do this to us once before at his ranch, that was what he was feeling. And he was 70 years old, and he was outworking the rest of us who were in our 40s and 50s. Now I'm doing the same thing, and we're teaching more and more people. Eat the living superfood and realize that, yes, you can work all, all, all day long on about a 1,000 calories. Whoa, whoa. Okay. okay, so just to get back to this um, olive oil flush, not the details, please, but <laughs> <laughs> the procedure. Should how often or how often in a year's time should a person do this? It is everybody's body is their own individuated body, so I cannot determine what's best for you. 
For me, I do it two times a year. That's all that's needed for me. I do it in the uh, spring equinox fast as well as the autumn fast. Um, and so, therefore, um, it works real well for me that way. Some people do it um, once a year. I've heard of one woman who takes about two tablespoons of olive oil straight once a week or so, which gives her a mild cleanse like that. So I'm not going to determine for someone else. I am going to say you must know your body. But I'm definitely going to say try it at least once. And we tell people some techniques that will make it a little bit easier, such as start with a water-only fast for one to two days. Then take two days or four days, in my case, of just running olive oil, herbal herbal laxative, and parasite cleanse through your system. This completely empties the digestive tract. It gets to the point where I'll drink um, I'll drink um, prune juice, and it will come out an hour or so later looking almost like I drank it. I know at that particular point my entire intestinal tract is cleared out. Then I do the olive oil flush, and what's shocking is, is after I do the olive oil flush, even though my intestines seem to be clear, you would be, I'm always surprised at the amount of mass that comes out of me then because the tar, the glue, the black tar, I call it, has been gluing stuff to the inside of my intestines that now is freed out, and then there's a whole new level of mass, two to three pounds of this mass that comes out above that. Above that. Most people will be shocked and surprised at what they've been holding on to and for how long they've been holding on to it. Well, are you ready to move into stage four? Uh, we all have got to be ready to move into stage four. Stage one, we've, we've removed the foundation of disease disorder. Stage two, the symptoms of diseases disappear. Stage three, we've got all of this magnificent energy now that's freed up, that's available to us. What do we do with the energy? We move to stage four. Every minute, we mentioned this earlier, our body replaces 300 million of 50 trillion or more cells. The DNA process that duplicates these cells can be repaired. It is repaired by a process um, by a process that's controlled by DNA uh, synthesis, and that process is a specific term which is called telomerase. Telomerase is are the ends of our chromosomes, and the degrading of our ends of our chromosomes through the fraying over the course of years is what's associated with aging. But because of a process called RNA, reverse transcriptase, which encodes new environmental information into our genes so we can pass traits and qualities onto our, our uh, uh, ascendants, our children and their children, well, this is the same process that repairs these telomeres, the frayed ends of the chromosomes. When we repair these frayed ends of chromosomes, the new cell is actually in better condition than the cell it replaced, and they get back to where we are about 21 years old when this whole process of chromosome expression has reached its peak in our lives. The age between 14 and 21, our body goes through the transformation from a child to an adult. At the end of this stage, around 21 years, that's when the body is at its peak of chromosome expression and cell replication, duplication. That's where we want to get back to. So we find ourselves actually rejuvenating. The skin quality gets better. In some people, my case to about maybe 15%, hair, I had been balding, and hair started coming back in. My silver hairs started turning black again. I thought there were spots on my face to look closely, and I said, oh, my hair color is coming back. And the energy comes back. 
sexual performance comes back. Um, women, I've seen women go back to their earlier life menstrual cycle or to shed fibroids and other type of things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Seen people reversing conditions of long-term autoimmune as we are literally getting younger. And that's the fourth stage of healing. It's called rejuvenation. It's real. Study the cutting edge of longevity research and science, and you will see that they are looking very closely at how Yes, that's rejuvenation. Well, Katie, I don't know if you're aware of this, but at times your phone goes in and out, so I don't know how that's transmitting over the airways of the Internet, but we're going to um, keep it moving. Okay, well, um, and I'm, what I am going to do, you're going to see me call in on a second phone in just a minute. We'll switch to that one, see if we can do better. Okay. Okay. Okay, so if you want to talk, I'll just go ahead and make this connection. <laughs> do I want to talk? I'll tell you what I'm going to do very quickly. I'm going to give out the number and encourage people to call in and speak directly to you. The number is area code 213 Three six one eight. That's area code two one three nine four three three six one eight. And we have a little message here coming up. And I'm not seeing your number come through just yet. Yep, trying to get through. It said something about um, I'm not going to let you talk to her because you're talking too much explosive and troubling information that is going to disturb. Okay, we did get through. And pushing number one, and you should see a, a 702 number coming in. Good enough. You should, you should see me in there now. Is that your, your mic is live. All right. Oh, and much better. Hello, Katie. <laughs> there would want to call with their own personal questions or personal comments because I want to talk about your health, your health. Katie, are you All here? right, looks like we got a little bit of a problem here. Well, that's okay. We're going to go to a very quick um, station ID, and then we'll come back and see if we can clean up up those problems, okay? Hang on a minute. Hey, hey, you, bring that microphone over here. I want to tell you something. Hey, 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 my name is Bobby, and I've been living homeless on the streets of New York for years. And the only reason why I'm eating out of dumpsters and I'm living without my family is because I lost my keys. Listen to keys. 107 on Blog Talk Radio. The Keys with your hostess, Sister Rafika Muhammad. on this Thursday evening talking to Chef Katie Awadu, who has just broken down the four stages of healing. He talked about removing the underlying causes of the pathogenesis. He talked about the relief from the symptoms of the disease and feeling the energy within, and then the last stage is just the rejuvenation. 
And Katie, did you get your mic working? I think we got everything working. You should be able to hear me well. I know I hear you wonderfully right now, my beloved sister Rafika. <laughs> well, your voice has sounded pretty good, I would say, too, right about now. Let's do this thing. Are there any callers out there that are going to be joining our conversation? No, I wouldn't say there are any callers just yet. Okay. Well, we do hope we inspire people. I do one-on-one consultation with people, and they can get more information at livingsuperfood.com. They'll see a number of videos. These one-on-one consultations, Sister Ravika, are very, very important because most people just don't realize the number of mistakes that are being made on a daily basis as we should be taking responsibility for our own health and well-being. And I'm especially surprised when people give me reports of their interaction with their practice, practitioner, their medical practitioner, their doctor, etc., and uh it might be surprising, but increasingly I guess I'm not surprised that the advice that they're getting from their doctors is just so bad. It seems that too many doctors now have just settled into being drug pushers, drug distributors for these medical pharmaceutical industries. And if we look at the drugs themselves that people are taking, especially I like to go on and look for the side effects of the drugs, which are actually direct effects of the drugs, it's unbelievable that people are submitting themselves to such a high level of poisoning while never addressing the two underlying foundations of pathogenesis in the first place. Now, Katie, we have a caller on the line. I'm going to introduce him to you because this is my co-host who is not available to be in the studio with me tonight but is in another location, and I guess he had an opportunity to dial in. Caller, Brother James, my husband, are you there? I am definitely here, and Brother Katie, uh, what a wonderful, wonderful explanation as to how we could improve our lifestyle by simply studying the things that we eat. And uh, I am amazed at the wealth of wisdom that you have coming um, to us. Um, And I hope that our listening audience, because there are many people listening in, know that to everything that you have said, there is a beginning. How do you get started on this pathway of this new lifestyle to extend the, um, the, the length of your life and the quality of your life? Uh, well, what you know, great... Katie, be, be, before you answer, I want to just say this. Thank you, um, Brother James, because I was going to say to Katie and to our listening audience, I don't think people should just go you know, in their cabinet and pull out their olive oil and just drink it. Yeah, <laughs> I was seeing that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the first stage of this, and what a great question. I appreciate you, and I appreciate, love you, I should say. And I yes, sir, likewise. I appreciate, love you for sharing this, this wonderful, brilliant light in your life, Sister Rafika, for this conversation. She's doing a wonderful job. Yes, yes. The very first stage of this is knowledge, the knowledge and the wisdom and the information. We've had so many teachers come into our lives of recent centuries as we're recovering from the great suffering of the enslavement, Holocaust, and Ma'afa. I myself have gone back to the pre-B.C. era to study from Imhotep and the legacy that he left us there on the southern shores of Lake Merote in the Nile Valley Delta, where a group of people that the Greeks encountered, they called the Therapeuti, from which we get these words therapeutic and therapy, who were said to be the greatest healers in history, 
We called ourselves sons of Ra, sons of the sun, and we said Imhotep was our teacher. And so we come forward today. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us a new sense of purpose and direction in studying what we eat and how it impacts our body with how to eat to live. And now we stand on the shoulders of these great ancestors, building, 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 and going back all the way to Imhotep and bring the highest level of science into this again. So it all begins with knowledge, wisdom, information, science, and study. I have a whole collection of books, and I'm constantly collecting on a daily basis scientific studies, peer-reviewed articles, newspaper clippings, as well as anecdotal evidence from people who are utilizing these things in their lives. So we begin with the basics. Understand why clean air, why clean water, and then incorporate these into our lives as we come to, le to learn and to study. You know, a lot of us are in doing better. We start to modify how we eat. One of the things people do, they say, well, I'm not eating pork anymore. Mm. But then they continue to eat chicken. And the modern-day chicken is nothing but a pig with wings. Mm. Oh, my goodness. They, say it they again. Say, <laughs> the modern-day chicken, this genetically modified mutant creature, is nothing but a pig with wings. Let's compare the two. For one, look at the white pig. It's a genetic mutant. That thing does not exist in nature. We look at the white chicken. It's a genetic mutant. It does not exist in nature. We look at the pig. The modern-day pig is full of steroids, antibiotics, and female hormones to make them grow fast. The same with the chicken. The modern-day pig is raised under factory farm conditions that are absolutely abysmal and not at all related to how a wild pig would live in nature. The same thing with the modern-day chicken. The modern-day pig can't even defend itself and defend its children. Neither can the modern-day chicken. And let me tell you, you want to see what a real animal does? Go out in nature, find a wild boar, and try to take its babies. Go find some wild roosters and wild chickens and try to take their babies. You will find out what a, a, a real creature does to defend their children. And then we ask why so many of us are doing so little to defend our children. Last point I'll make, modern-day pig is full of parasites to the point they say if you cut it up, you've got to bleach down practically everything to clean up because of the parasites in it. The same thing with the chicken, same thing with the turkey. So at this particular point, I say very firmly, a chicken ain't nothing but a pig with wings. Mm. Very well put, brother. Very well put. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Now, uh, brother, I want to say to you that uh, you are a great example of someone who believed that there was a better way and then took the necessary steps to accumulate the, the knowledge so that you can have this real life experience and how you can improve your lifestyle. Tell the listening audience how they can begin on that pathway as well. What might be the first couple of things you said to study, but study what and study where? Give them an understanding so that they can try to move closely to where you're at and your understanding and your experience. Great question. One of the things that's going to get us to serious studies and applying this information is we've got to get mad. We've got to get upset. We gotta. I, I say, pick these corporations. That's a great place to be very upset and very mad, you know, because these corporations are using the profit that they're getting from us, and they have created a brand new triangular trade. Now we should know that term, triangular trade, from the mm -hmm. enslavement holocaust, yes. where wealthy mercantile is mercantilism travels from Europe southward 
on ships that we taught them how to sail the currents to the African continent, and then they load up the holds of these slips with human, ships with human cargo that they ship then to the Western Hemisphere, to the Caribbean, South America, and North America, where the primary crops are tobacco, cotton, and uh, sugar. From the sugar, they make rum, they make molasses, and they make refined white sugar. They then take those crops, sail them back to Europe, make a phenomenal amount of profit off of using them there, and then they sail the next round of ships southward and pick up more human cargo. That was called the triangular trade of enslavement. Now, many people say, oh, I would have never been a slave. They would have had to kill me. Mm. I got bad news because the modern-day triangular trade is the bad food merchants that are manufacturing all these sodas, these long-term, long-chain molecules and highly processed foods, all of these contaminated meats and contaminated chicken and contaminated fish. You know, they're now importing into America fish, tilapia, that comes mm. from China, 27% of it is coming in, and you know that in China, they are feeding pig feces to these fish. Mm. They are literally feeding these tilapia fish that are coming to market in America pig poop, and people mm. are eating it. So nowadays, people are eating all of this contaminated food, and then they then go to the medical pharmaceutical drug complex and say, help me suppress these symptoms for which they are extracting almost $10,000 per person every year. They then use a small percentage of that to buy off the government regulators to make sure that their man, their woman is in charge at the FDA, the CDC, the National Institutes of Health, Department of Health and Human Services. These food regulators are neglecting their job, allowing the genetically modified organisms to get into the market, allowing a certain amount of the population to be killed every day because of the parasites, the E. coli, listeria, and the other parasites that are known to be in the food, blaming it on a flu season, blaming it on spinach or something else silly like that, knowing that the whole food chain is corrupted and contaminated and is causing the biggest epidemics of chronic disease in America that have ever been seen, which now brings us all back to the beginning of this new triangular trade. So for those who proclaim they would not have been a slave during the first triangular trade, too many of those are slaves right now, and I can wow. prove it. Yes, sir, brother. Yes, sir. And I know there's other callers on the line, but, you know, I want to take the liberty to ask you one more before I allow someone else to go ahead. I believe that uh, one of the greatest visual uh, evidence is when we look at our children, and I can see there are more fat black children than I've ever seen ever before in my life. Tell me, how does that compare to the other communities in terms of the wrong foods that we're eating and we're weighing other than ourselves in greater proportions? What does it look like in terms of the, what the uh, white man or the white woman or the white child or, or the uh, Hispanic child? Are we the worst off, or is it just my vision? If we compare ourselves to other ethnic groups inside of America, there's only one group that's doing worse than us, and those are the Native Americans. At least we should forget they have virtually almost been annihilated. Vibe annihilation was to get over the borders and out of the country or to get into so remote places in this country that they couldn't even find them for tens of years, and by the time they finally found them, the killing was over. So African Americans 
according to a dictate from the 1940s that appeared in the book An American Dilemma, The Negro Problem in Modern Democracy, African Americans are in the fourth generation of a seven-generation elimination strategy. I have the evidence. We have their own words. We see the numbers. This is really going on, and we've crossed the halfway point in the fourth generation. And with this new immigration bill, it's probably going to speed up over the next four years the annihilation of black people in this country who were brought here as an inexhaustible, inexpensive labor force later to find out they didn't want us because we wanted equality. We wanted to marry their children and to live beside them. Don't get me started there. So, so we have to if, – but here's the thing. We have to compare ourselves not against this degenerate nation where all of the groups are under stress. The fastest-growing obesity demographic in America is teenage white boys, teenage Caucasian youth. We have to, we have to be clear about that. The second fastest-growing are young black women. So we're in severe stress there. But if we compare ourselves to other African people around the planet, we're the best educated, we are the wealthiest, and we are the sickest. Mm. Well, so we better get over it. this. I want to let you know that we have a caller on the line, um, Brother Rudolph, who does a show on the Blog Talk Radio, Keys 107 Network, called Disaster Preparedness for Community Community Awareness. Brother Rudolph, are you there? Yes, ma'am. Yes, it's disaster I'm... awareness for community preparedness. There yes, ma'am. Uh, well, I was content listening because everything Brother is saying is 100% right on point, and it fit, I should have him on my show because this is a disaster we're in. That's right. It, Absolutely. It, it's a disaster of of the the highest level because not only does this uh, um, so-called health crisis, as they call it. Um, um, not only does it affect, of course, the health of the individual, but this thing has so many layers to it because you have to take into consideration, okay, all right, the food is bad. We know that. Or we should know that. Some of us know that. But does everybody know it? No matter how, many, how much we say it, I live in Brooklyn, New York, and in Brooklyn on every block if there's not at least one, there are two Chinese restaurants sometimes on the block. And I don't see any of them ever closing because we're keeping them open because we love our chicken wings and french fries and our mm. chicken wings and fried rice. And, okay, let, let me look on one side of it. Okay, it's cheap. It's what they can afford. Okay. On the other side, we are lazy and we don't want to take the time to cook. Okay, on the other side, these are the children because they're latchkey children because the parents aren't there. Either they're at work, working double jobs, or they're at work and going to school trying to do something better, or they're just not there. They're raising themselves, okay? Um, So, see, and I can flip-flop back and forth like that because that's how my mind works. The minute I indict myself or us, for something, then the other side of my mind kicks in as to not the excuse, but a reason why it is the way it is. Not that I'm excusing us out of anything, because we'll excuse ourselves right to hell. But we have to understand that there's a psychological process that has gone on with us 
and our people have to be totally re-educated, but before they can even be re-educated, they have to be stopped in the tracks that they're in, and as a, a wise person once said, poison, you know, if you get bit by a rattlesnake, well, the, the anti-venom is the same poison that the rattlesnake put in you. It's just put into you in a different strength and in a different uh, um, way so that it balances you back out. But when you return to balance, you must leave the, all the poison alone. Well, we need a strong, strong, strong dose of poison to get into the heads of our people in order to snap them out of the, where they are and put them into the reality that they are even in a crisis. Our people don't even realize they're in a crisis. And now the question with that is, how do we do that? <laughs> By controlling media. This is what you are doing, my brother Rudolph. This is what our sister Rafika, brother James, are doing. This is what I do daily at LIV Radio. And the yes, three, yes, four of us in this circle right now are linking arms. All of us now stronger than the individual because of this process, because of being unselfish with our intention. I look forward to being on your program as well as having you all on my program. In fact, a round table with all of us might be one of the strongest conversations of the year. But we have the knowledge, wisdom, information base, and we have these great solutions. One of the things, we didn't talk about it, but as solution, we're designing Kujijagalia villages. We already have, under our control, over 300 acres in at least three locations around the country where we are building these villages up. And a lot of people can't imagine not living in Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston, or New York. They can't imagine homesteading and having to get up in the morning and chop wood and to build our own houses and to grow our own food and package our own herbs and educate our young people. But I say to people, just try us one weekend. We're about to begin a whole series of weekend camping retreats we call Ujima, which is Collective Work and Responsibility Camping Retreats. And I say, say to people, bring a car load, bring your tents, bring your sleeping bags, bring your work boots and your gloves, and spend one weekend with us. And I guarantee you by the end of the weekend, you will be saying, I can work with and I can live with this group of people, especially when we're doing it on land, literally, where Nat Turner was born. That's the most sacred land to our people in the world. And we need to be building there, and we don't need to be delaying this much longer. Well, Katie, hold that thought. Um, Brother Rudolph, hold your thought. And we have a caller on the line. We have a Hugh Trulson on the line who wants to make a comment. Uh, Hugh, you're on the line. Your mic is live. Hi, good evening. Uh, my name is Hugh Trulson. I'm calling from Virginia. I'm spirit-driven to things. I just came across your show. Your message is extremely important. I would like to work with you and help you get it out bigger and better to the global community. And one of the gentlemen mentioned the indigenous peoples. I'm working with one right now with my business partner, rooting out the corruption on the reservation in Pine Ridge in South Dakota. And this is all, it's really the time to create a future based on love, not based on Warring, but that's what we've had since the beginning. 
if we can come together and make it transparent and create the future, everybody keeping their own heritages and seeing the best from those to come together to bless mankind in general, because we are all one. You can take your skin off, and we all bleed the same color. So if we can go that way, uh, I already put myself out uh, for the elites. I've called them out. I'm a silver spooner, grew up that way, but uh, I'm standing in my own truth, and I'd like to just spell my name so you and your listeners can see who I am on the Internet, and uh, I have already exposed the former federal government bureaucrat for fraud back in the early 80s, which indirectly eventually resulted in the resignation of Jim Wright from Speaker of the House. You'll see a letter from President Obama to me on the Internet, and I responded, and no response from my response to him, but I am making everything with truth and transparency come to the forefront, and these companies, unless they start behaving and showing that they're transparent and giving back, taking care of the environment and giving back to the communities, they're not going to be around long as your plans come in more and more, and I want to help you with those. So my name is Hugh, H-U-G-H, and the last name is Trollson, T like Tom, R-A-U-L-S-E-N. I don't use email, but if the host can share my number, I'm from New York. I'd like to speak with the gentleman in Brooklyn, too. And my last name has global recognition in the food service field. I want to speak with a chef because I'm just rolling out a passive income strategy geared toward restaurants, and there's no limit on the income potential. This will empower everyone that I'm speaking to on the show uh, once you understand how this works. You don't have to own a, a restaurant. All you have to do is present it to them. All right. Well, Hugh, um, so we can, because we have a very limited amount of time, I want you to go to Living superfood.com you'll find all my contact information will link you to some of the other sites livingsuperfood.com we'll communicate off the air and thank you so much for calling in okay thank you uh, and god bless everyone peace now katie and uh, brother james brother rudolph you know as as usual sometimes this happens where the energy just gets so energized Towards the uh-huh. end of the show, but I just wanted to recap um, what we were talking about in terms of the four stages of healing, so that our listeners, when they leave us tonight, they have some food for thought. Ah, food for thought. Wonderful pun. Four stages of healing. Make them very, very simple. Stage one: remove the foundation of disease causation. It only requires us to master two key elements. One. Right nutrition for the body, and two, proper detoxification to keep the poisons from accumulating and building out. That then moves us to stage two, where the symptoms of dis-ease and disorder disappear, our body no longer needing to holler and scream at us. Stage number three, we now have freed up energy. And with this freed up energy, now our body can move into more advanced stages of living and healing and correcting and growing. And that leads us then to stage four. Part of this extra energy that we have is now used on the chromosomal level, on the cellular level, and that is called rejuvenation. The word rejuvenation means to go back to our our youth. Right now, at age 57, 58, one might say, I am in my 20s physiologically, and I am absolutely loving it so much 
that I want everyone else to enjoy it, especially these beautiful people in the circle of conversation with me right now. Well, brother, uh, you can count me in. I want to learn more and do more um, better, do better by myself in terms of how I eat and how I live. So, brother, uh, thank you so much for coming on the airways with us at the Keys 107. I look Hang forward on. to being back with you, especially when the new book on Kujijagalia Villages comes out. Beginning in March, we're really going to push an effort to get these investments in these villages up to the next level, where we want to put in extensive organic food and herb production facilities on all of our properties. Mm. Well, and then you know, the, our airways are yours. So, you know, um, whenever you're available, you come on on and uh, share your uh, information and, and knowledge to our listening audience. Absolutely. I really admire and appreciate what you're doing. I look forward to the time that we all sit down. And uh, if you would, I'd love to be your chef for an evening. Yes, sir. Oh. We'll, oh. we'll fly to L.A. for that. Oh, that's right. That's well, he, right. he's in Vegas, James, so oh, he's we will Vegas? definitely oh, be able to that. Oh, we can make that happen, then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, that can happen. You're most welcome. Yes, sir. Well, um, Katie Owadu, I want to thank you so much. Before we close out officially, just please give your uh, website address so people can go there and find you. Yes, once again, I'm livingsuperfood.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Kiti Awadu. Just go to the Keys 107 and hook up with your brother. We're all family now. we got a lot of growing together to do. And I look forward to you contributing the healthy tip of the day. I think this is going to be so exciting. And this is Sister Rafika, and I'm thanking all of our listeners for taking a moment of their precious time to share with us and be in our light. I'd like to thank Jason X for allowing us to use his song, I Do For Self, as our theme song. We appreciate you, Brother Jason. And um, thank my co-host, Brother James. Thank Brother Rudolph for calling in and contributing. And this show has been recorded for replay on www.blogtalkradio.com slash keys107. And tune in later for Black Reconstruction as Sister LaShawn Allen Muhammad and Brother Malik Green discuss the power of tax, political action still in control. And then following uh, Black Reconstruction, we have True School for Brother Shango Blake as he rebroadcasts one of his impactful shows on historic black college tour upcoming. This is Sister Rafika and I'm signing out for the evening. Good night. <laughs>